This is a small storeroom of the property department of the London County Council. There are many such rooms, but they're rarely visited anymore because the property stored dates back to the war. Property found on the streets or in the bombed out buildings, all waiting for claimants who never appear. Like this cheap copy of Venus to Milo, meant to stand in some garden. The ages have claimed her arms. The war claimed her head. Like on what mantelpiece do you suppose this old clock was standing when the bomb hit? Calmly ticking. Time stopped for it at 7.36 a.m. Or p.m. What difference does it make? Baby strollers, cartons full of things, all tagged with the place and date of their destruction. The East End Arena, September 17, 1944. Everything in this room could tell a hundred stories. But this boxing glove was involved in a most unusual occurrence. When, on September 17, 1944, that dark and heavy curtain to the world beyond our five senses, the psychic world, was lifted for a moment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined by a new guest. Please introduce yourself. I'm Cassie Randall. Hi. Okay, Cassie. Cassie has done my other podcast. In fact, a little bit behind the curtain, we're shooting two podcasts back to back. So if you're hearing this one, after you check out this one, check out our podcast together on the Which Is More Gooder podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, we are doing the television show a One Step Beyond called The Last Round, starring Charles Bronson from 1961. What do you? What is your background with Charles Bronson? What do you know about Charles Bronson? Do you know anything about Charles Bronson? Um, I was excited at first because I have a gigantic crush on Tom Hardy, <laughs> who played the prisoner Charles Bronson, <laughs> who named himself after the actor <laughs> Charles Bronson. And so I was trying to find the connection, and I'm like, whoa, that guy left prison and became a boxer and named himself Charles Bronson, so I wondered if it was because of this episode. Charles Bronson had this character, over-the-hill boxer. He played it in quite a few television shows okay. and movies. So this was from the television show One Step Beyond, and this was when anthology television shows, like One Step Beyond, Twilight Zone, yeah. uh, The Outer Limits. Yeah. These were very, very popular in the late 50s and early 60s. We don't see them at all. We don't see them now at all. Yeah. But they were very, very popular back then. And a lot of people think that One Step Beyond ripped off the Twilight Zone. However, One Step Beyond started before the Twilight Zone. Oh, I had no idea. Because yes. I kind of got that vibe. I was yes. like, I've One never heard of One Step Beyond. One Step what Beyond started before Twilight Zone. And twi now Twilight Zone lasted longer and is, of course, much more famous. Mm -hmm. But such the way as Rod Sterling would... And actually, Charles Bronson did a Twilight Zone. Okay. But the way Rod Sterling would host the Twilight Zone, John Newland. He is the host of One Step Beyond. Mm -hmm. So he would be, you know, he would take us through. This television show starts off in an antique yeah. shop. Yeah, I think so. And he's talking about all these things in the antique shop, and he pulls out a pair of boxing gloves. And well, and he's talking about all these different pieces before the boxing gloves, about how they were um, connected to, like, the 40s, like, before... Um, or sorry, at the end of World War II, I yes. think, yeah. 
Right. So, because this episode takes place in 1944. Yeah. In World War Two, in England. Yeah. So we see Charles Bronson, and he uh, he is this down and out boxer. He's in England, and it's really odd here. The whole cast has English accents. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of notes about that. <laughs> except for except for Charles Bronson, and you know, Charles Bronson talks like Charles Bronson, and and they were any of these actors. British. Yes. They were? Yeah. Who? The the guy the the other guy's manager? Okay, that yeah. okay, but not his manager. I don't believe so. Okay, cuz that one was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> he says coincidence. And like Co- coincidence. Coincidence. Yes. Instead of coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. And his like he sounds like um what's his name for Mary Poppins? Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, it, and and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> And then I watched that with Connor as well, and he's like, "Well, you know, back then we didn't have, like, they didn't have access to hearing or seeing legitimate accents, so maybe yes. they didn't have anything to really pattern it on." But his 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 manager was terrible, and it was really interesting too. Like as far as that goes, um, I I know that um, there's a lot of like theatrical acting in movies and TV shows. Um, and so it was really interesting because I'm like, you're not acting like you're in a movie. You're acting like No, no, it's, it's acting and it's shot like a play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's from what I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. Most of it is uh, a flat two shot or three shot. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Because I was like, what are you doing? And then his eyeliner too. I yeah. was like, that's bad stage makeup. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of television shows in the early days of television were shot like stage plays. Okay. We do get a, we do get close-ups every once in a while. Charles Bronson, he's down on his luck. He has his eye. He wants to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I want to get a couple of bucks in my pocket to open up this restaurant. His manager is like, did you see the doctor? And yeah. Charles Bronson is blowing him off. Yeah, I saw a doctor. What was the name of the doctor? I don't know. That doctor on that street. And, yeah. And his manager does the typical, you mean Dr. So-and-so? Yeah, yeah. Who li- who's that? So and so. Yeah, you mean the place that's been, bu- you know, bombed six months ago? It's like, oh, <laughs> you, you fell into the trap, Charles. <laughs> it's the big trap. Apparently, back in St. Louis, Charles Bronson was in a fight and he cracked his skull and he shouldn't be fighting. The the, the, actor. Car- the character. Okay. The character. <laughs> no, yeah, the character. <laughs> I was like, maybe he shouldn't be working. Yes. <laughs> so he has not been cleared to fight by doctors. Okay. But he's like. The only thing he knows how to do is fight, so he needs to fight to to make money. Yeah. So that's why he's he's blowing off the doctors and he's telling his manager, I'll be fine. Just let me fight. Now the one thing that pulls it off is Charles Bronson has a very, very good physique. He looks like a boxer. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse. I've seen television shows <laughs> and movies where somebody's a boxer and they, that is not a boxer's physique it, it looks like he has a boxer's physique yeah it's it's really funny it's like when you see like old mr universes it's uh-huh. like they're not <laughs> i was watching the schwarzenegger uh, documentary yeah, but like back in the 50s it's like they've got a little pot belly these mr <laughs> universes like they i guess the i don't want to say, the definition of masculinity back then was different than it than it became yeah with being a with being muscles and and, steroids. And, and steroids and <laughs> sculpting. <laughs> but one thing that pulls it off is Charles Bronson looks like a boxer. He has the physique of a boxer. This is during World War II. Some things you don't even think about. He's like, did you get coffee? 
And he goes, do you know how expensive coffee is? Yeah. And like, so coffee was really expensive during the war. He's like, yeah. I don't care how co expensive it was. I need coffee. Uh -huh. So it was just a little like stuff like that. It's like, sometimes when you think we have tough times, it's like, you know, times have been tough for, for, for people all through the years. Yeah. So the opposing boxers manager comes in mm -hmm. and they start talking <laughs> at, and he notices the he notices the he notices the crack the the scar on Bronson's head mm -hmm. and I can't I can't tell if if they're concerned or not because both managers have noticed that he can't fight and the, I don't know they fake concern but they're like well if, you, if he's gonna fight he's gonna fight I don't know. Well, they all make money. They all make money. And that's it. They all, they're all going to make money. Yeah. If he doesn't fight, there's no pay for anybody. And they might lose money. They have contracts on top of that. Yeah. So not only do they not make money, it might cost them money. The, uh, the opposing manager brings up the ghost of... <laughs> Patty. Of Patty Turhound. Patty Turhound. Bronson's manager's like, get out of there with this, with this crap, you know. You know, stop messing with my fighter. Because they told the story about this one guy just saw the ghost. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> so the other manager leaves, and his manager starts giving Bronson a rubdown. Mm -hmm. And Bronson's like, "Well, what's this? Uh, what's this ghost story?" And I, you don't want to hear about it. I want to. I want to hear this ghost story. <laughs> he had a gold watch, a few good memories, and a blood clot. What nobody knew about. He fought Brian Cleary right here in the East End Arena. Brian liked the old boy. Wanted to make it quick like, you know. So he knocked him out in the second round. That was an act of mercy, Brian thought. Only that blood clot of Paddy's got dislodged. He died before they could get him into the dressing room. Well, that upset Brian a bit. Of course, he soon got over it, you know. I mean, he knew it wasn't his fault. Only four years later, Brian went crackers. Just before a fight one night, he suddenly started raving and swearing something awful. He said he'd seen Paddy Tarun. Seen him, mind you, with Paddy dead four years already. Brian says that Paddy just stared at him and shook his head slowly from side to side like he was trying to tell him something and brian says well what could he be telling me except don't you fight tonight my boy or you'll wind up like me well he fought anyway and he was winning too hands down until frankie shane fighting him back as best he could suddenly caught him with a lucky right oh what a whopper caught him eye on the forehead Pitches Brian towards the ropes and through the ropes. And he smashes his skull on the ring post. Well, now, you know as well as I do, that could never happen again in a million years. So uh, uh, 10 years earlier, I guess 1934, there was a boxing match between Paddy and this other boxer. And this other boxer killed Paddy in the ring. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a very simple yet convoluted story yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yep. It's a very, very simple story, but it's very, very convoluted all at the same time. Well, I want to know. I can't tell you. Yeah. Here's a little bit, but, uh, you know. <laughs> so in 
so the boxer that killed Patty evidently saw the ghost of Patty, and then he died in his next boxing match. The myth is, is if you see Patty, you will die within 24 hours. <laughs> and at first I thought it was, if, if you're just a boxer and you see him, but no, it's like if anybody, if anybody sees Patty, you will die. Uh, you will die, and not necessarily in the ring, but you will just die. Patty is a vengeful son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> Bronson falls asleep, and he wakes up, and Patty is there. And how do we know it's Patty? Because he's got a sweater on that says Patty. Huge right Patty, like just right across right his across chest. It. And he's just like this creepy, like, uh-huh. Like, and oh. he's smiling. And his who smile are you? is you know? as cringy as his sweater. And... <laughs> And Bronson's like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And he runs out and he runs into his manager. He's like, I saw Patty in my dressing room. And they walk in and he's gone. And the window's open. His manager puts it together. I know what's going on here. And so we cut to the next scene and it's Bronson and his manager, Mm -hmm. the other manager and the other boxer, and then the boxer promoter. Yes. And they're all in the boxer promoter's office. And Bronson's manager is like, okay, what are you trying to do? I know what you did. You're trying to you're trying to freak out my guy by showing him Patty. Mm-hmm. They go back and forth and back and forth. And there's something really, really strange in this. I some television shows were shot before were shot live, mm-hmm. but this one obviously wasn't shot live. The actor, the the bad English guy, <laughs> he flubs a line, uh-huh. and it's still in the show. And we don't have to ask his permission to go over there and ask Willie to talk, and he'll talk, in the interest of justice and better boxing and a few dr- few more drinks. Which one was that? I may have missed it. He said something like, like uh, you intended to go, or it was like, he, he, he just messed up a word. Uh-huh. It's very, very quick, but, uh-huh. you, but I, I noticed it because I went back and played it a couple times. Uh-huh. He flubs a line, but they, but they continue with the take, and it's in the show. <laughs> So I don't know if they were pressed for time. Or they didn't notice. Or they didn't notice. The script supervisor was in the bathroom. Or it was like they didn't have, we don't have the money to reshoot it. Or the tape. Or the tape. It was expensive <laughs> back then. It was all shot on tape. So I just found it very odd that a, a flub was left in the final cut of the television. The director didn't like that actor <laughs> and wanted to make sure he never works again. <laughs> so the other manager confesses. It's like, okay, I hired this guy. He looks like Patty. Which I have a note. Okay. Charles Bronson has never seen Patty. He just heard about this ghost story. So why would you need to find somebody that looks just like Patty to go spook him? He has no idea what Patty looks like. Silly. It's silly. It is. (laughs) I mean, it works out later. It works out later, but but you're right. In that moment, it's like... It could have been anybody. Yeah. (laughs) He knows this old, broken-down, drunk boxer who looks like Patty, mm-hmm. and he hired him to, as they put it, psychological warfare. Yeah, I like that they dropped that in. I was like, man, that must have been a buzzword back then, because that didn't really fit in with like the rest of the uh, <laughs> the the kind of um, language that they were using. Yes, psychological warfare. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not. Oh, if you want to hear a bad English accent, just get me going. <laughs> I tried to do it last Hello, night. Hello, governor! <laughs> I tried to do it last night, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing our English accent, so. <laughs> you wanted you to keep listening you to the show. Listening. 
And it's all very amicable. The, the opposing manager shakes hands. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Shakes hands with Bronson. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. And usually in a scene like that, it ends sort of on a dour or sour note. Here it was just like, okay, I tried something. It didn't work. I, I, I apologize. It was, it was like a, 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 like a weird shift. Mm -hmm. um, I, didn't, I, I didn't expect that. No. And I was like, what are you playing at? Nobody's that nice. <laughs> right. When you found out that the manager hired an actor to play Patty, what did you think at that moment? What did you think of the, was the original Patty, a, do you think he was the ghost? And, or do you think it was the actor? I didn't really decide. I stayed open. Okay. Because we still had more of the show. Right. <laughs> um, I assumed, though, that it was going to be the ghost. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a spooky show. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the boxing match. And, and speaking of amicable, I made a note. Okay. They did not touch gloves at the very beginning of that first round. <laughs> <laughs> they hardly touched gloves during the fight. Yeah, that's true. It was a very, I, this was 61 in television. <laughs> this, let's just say this was no raging bull. <laughs> this was a very, very poor choreographed fight. Yeah. Like that, that hit that he went down with. I yeah. was like, oh, God, was, you guys. And I don't. <laughs> it was so slow. It was slow. It was like, oh, I was going to say it was like Ed Harris throwing a punch, but they have no idea what we're talking about. It's like Ed Harris not rolling away from a tombstone <laughs> fast enough. See, now to get that reference, you got to listen to our other podcast. <laughs> and once again, the wide shot, it's, it's clearly not Charles Bronson. Stunt doubles usually take me out of something, and it took me out of this. It was. It's not even dangerous. That's it. That was it. I did okay. I did a, a podcast on Star Trek. Uh -huh. uh, it was on the Charles Bronson podcast because his wife Jill Ireland was in it. Ooh. Um, but it was between Kirk and Spock, and the the two stunt guys looked nothing like them. But. It was like you didn't they, you didn't need stunt people. They weren't it, they it, weren't making contact. They weren't making right? contact. It was <laughs> it, it just and that's in this movie. They were not making contact as as boxers because the close-ups they were always in a clinch. Uh-huh. So there was So and, the the most contact they had is when it was the actors. Yes, when it was the Yeah, the most contact. You're right. No, you're right when they were they when they were hugging. That yeah. was the most contact they had. <laughs> Now it was early, late fifties, early sixties. I'm, I'm going to give them, give them a break. Uh, they, they hadn't really got the boxing choreographed. Yet. Well, you know what? No, what? I, I, fuck them! I'm not giving them a break. <laughs> I remember watching a Three Stooges short where Curly had better box, was a better boxer than Charles Bronson. So no, no, no break. Charles Bronson, you're a pussy. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't come back as a ghost and, and put a, put your name like on a silly Charles. sweater. <laughs> During the fight, Charles Bronson looks up and he sees Patty up in the rafters. <laughs> Which I made a note of that too. He's so far away. You can, he's his face because it's black and white. His face is very white. And I, you can see his smile from there, but that's all you can see is like two little dots through his eyes and his big old smile. And I was like, kind of looks like the Saw doll. And he's like, that is genuinely creepy. Good job, Patty. <laughs> Charles Bronson's manager's like, what's the matter? He's like, oh, Patty, the, you know, he's up in the, and the manager turns and sees him. Uh-huh. And then he runs over to the other manager. 
Now then, what happened over there? Did you just get careless? That fellow I saw in the dressing room. You know Davis? Well, what about him? He's sitting up there in the last row. I saw him, it kind of confused me, I guess. So Sanderson's still up to his tricks, is he? I'll flay him alive. Come are you? Oh, what's the matter? That's what's the matter. Look up there. What's all this about? Lighter. He's gone and done it again. That's... He's got his family ghost up there. As big as life, and it's scared of my boy. I want him out of there. Well, I don't see him. Oh, yes. He's there, all right. You bet your life he is. Right up there in the back row. This is what uh -huh. I didn't tell him, too. He must have bought a ticket. There's no crime in that. I've had enough of this. Well, I want him out of there. See, I thought that manager may have been lying just to be like, what are you doing again? Yeah. Like, to get that manager in trouble. Yeah. But he did actually see him. Yes. He goes, your guy Patty's up there. And he looks, and the other manager sees him. Yep. And he's like, well, if he bought a ticket, he bought a ticket. I can't do anything about that. He's still wearing his Patty sweater, He's still though. wearing his Patty. <laughs> the boxing promoter is like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Very important later. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because the other boxer sees him as well. Yes. <laughs> It's like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hate to tell you this. <laughs> so what happens is the other boxer punches out Bronson. Mm -hmm. It was really terrible. Yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> and you know what? I give, I give Bronson credit. It was like he was, he was the star of the show, and he was able to like, check his ego to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. and because the story would have worked just as well if he knocked out the other guy yeah. with the ending that's coming up. And also, he checked his ego to have that terrible slow flop yes. to the ground. <laughs> but he gets hit. He goes down. He's down for the count. Uh, the we, whole count. He doesn't move at He doesn't all. even move. It's not even, it's not even like where you see <laughs> those where they're up, on the rope yeah. and they're trying to get up and they fall back down. No, he is... He's out to the world. Which I did not believe because that punch and that fall, I was like, come on, dude. Charles Bronson, you're a pussy. <laughs> we cut to after the fight. Which I have a note about. <laughs> so there's a whole big crowd, right? And then he gets knocked out and everybody's there in the ring. And then we cut to after the fight. The entire crowd is gone. The whole place is empty, and they're in the same positions they were, and then they wait until then to try to wake him up. <laughs> it's like, okay, he could very well be dead by now. Uh, yeah. So, and I thought he might be dead. Yeah. I thought, okay, they killed him in the ring. Yep. Oh, but yeah, he's yeah, not, yeah. but he's okay. Yeah. The doctor is there, and he says, you're, you're going to be okay. You have a concussion. No more boxing. And Charles, yeah, okay, no more boxing. I want my restaurant. Yes. The doctor leaves. And then at that point, a police officer comes in and says, is so-and-so here? And they're talking about the other guy's manner. He's like, I'm so-and-so. And he's like, uh, this, this bloke right here, he was, <laughs> he was drunk on a street, and he, he, needed to, he said that you vouch for him. Hey, that is good. <laughs> Don't turn off the podcast, because that was good. <laughs> and they bring in the actor, the boxer that, they, that, that he hired to yeah. play Patty. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's been drunk all night. Yeah, he, he mean, was like in the holding cell or something, right? You mean he wasn't here 10 minutes ago? Yeah. No, no, he was in a holding cell. And I brought him over here for you to vouch for him. I know, like you're gonna, like he is blasted drunk. And it's like, you're gonna, you're gonna, take you're gonna drag this blasted <laughs> drunk guy out of the holding cell, put him in your car, drive him there, and then drag him into the, like, uh, that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, thank you, Governor. <laughs> and the cop and the the drunk boxer leave. So now it's the only people in the arena are the two managers, the two boxers, and the boxing promoter. Yes. And they're like, well, if he was in the drunk tank 10 minutes ago, who was that up? And first of all, that... That place cleared out in 10 minutes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they didn't wait to wake him up until then. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, here's the thing, and this it's probably a, a bad take on humanity, but if you see a boxer go down, people are gonna stick around, because he's still because when we come back, he's still passed out. Mm -hmm. People are gonna stick around. Is he dead? Am I gonna see somebody, am I, am I gonna see a body toted away? If, if these they're people, gonna pull out their phones yes, now. Yes, they're gonna pull out their rotary <laughs> yeah, phones rotary and start phones. taking pictures yeah. with the nine. Uh, <laughs> people are gonna stick around for that. If, if To see if ambulance shows up. People are just, yeah, some people are just, even if half the place leave half the people are going to stay to see yeah. what's happening what happened to him it's rubbernecking rubbernecking yeah. boxer necking <laughs> hitchcock neck hitchcock no. <laughs> listen to that other listen podcast to, yeah. <laughs> well they're like okay well if he was in the drunk tank 10 minutes ago who was that up in there <laughs> with and, the terrible sweater <laughs> and uh they all go full shaggy it must have been the go 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 yeah and and they go well i saw him I saw him. Well, I saw him. And then the boxing promoter goes, I didn't see him. <laughs> oh, I'm and, free and clear. <laughs> and, th and then a ra wh where did this radio come up? That, so this radio announcement. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm wrong. We hear uh, air siren. Yep. Uh, air raid siren. Yes. And then it cuts to an exterior shot. It cuts shot to an exterior shot. Of the city skyline. The gymnasium gets bombed. Yeah. And then is it? And then we hear the radio. Is it the radio or is it the uh, the host? Oh, I can't remember. Talking about who Talking survived. about what happened. I it think was the host. It was the host. Yeah. Okay, so the, we cut back to the host. He's still in the antique room. And he said, the gym, the, the, the papers read, that's what he goes, the papers read that they were lucky that this place that was filled 10 minutes ago emptied out and only five people were in the gym when the bomb hit. Four died. The one that survived was the boxing promoter, the one who did not see him. Mm -hmm. And is it just in that gymnasium that the ghost appears? Because now if the gymnasium's gone, the ghost is gone too. Yeah, and ghosts don't get bummed. He needs no. to, maybe he's going to latch on to the promoter and then just kind of follow, follow him around. Yeah. And then, and then everybody's going to be like, I see him. And the promoter's going to be like, God damn it. I don't ever get to see Patty. <laughs> Everybody dies around me. <laughs> I see it. Then he knows to get the, get the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> well, and I was thinking when the host was saying, everybody died except for one who shared the story. And it's like, you're really going to believe it? There's no way to verify. He could say whatever he wants. Yep. Never trust the one survivor. <laughs> he's going to do it for, yeah. That way, that way he gets people, he's like, oh, let me tell you a ghost story. Come see my boxing match. <laughs> he's going to embellish it. So what did you think of this episode? I enjoyed it. I am not a black and white old time okay. fan 
at all. Okay. So I didn't tell you, but I was a little like, uh, Scott, you're making me watch something old and black and white. <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it. I, I want to maybe, if I'm desperate, give other episodes a chance. So if you can shoot a couple over to me, message me a couple. But oh. I, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a point um, towards the end where they referenced that they also thought that the sweater was ridiculous. Because yeah. <laughs> I made a note. At least they know the sweater's dumb. Um, which... It, gave me more faith in the episode as a whole because <laughs> i well, was like so oh the, god at least they realize what they're if doing if you look at that sweater the sweater is a, a time appropriate from mm, when he died okay i'm just i'm time ignorant <laughs> <laughs> so from when he died that sweater was time appropriate okay and I don't mean to keep harping on this sweater. It was just so distracting. <laughs> it, I mean, it was distracting. <laughs> Charles Bronson you, sometimes gets a lot of shit about not being a very good actor, about being a one-key actor. What, I, I know he didn't have a lot to do in this movie. Well, what, did you, what did you think of Bronson's performance in this? I thought that like he didn't, he didn't distract me as being an actor trying or like a bad actor. Like, I believed him. Maybe it was because he was overshadowed by the terrible British accent of his manager. <laughs> but no, like, because um, I was thinking, I even made a note, um, you know, the theatrical acting, and then when Brando's coming out and he's doing, like, his, his movie acting, um, I kind of got a vibe like that from Bronson. It's the only thing that I've seen Bronson do. Okay. So I'd have to see more before I could say, yeah, he's, he's a, what kind of actor he <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, he didn't distract me. Um, and it, when when actors are bad, I get really distracted and angry. And I'm not mad at Charles Bronson. Okay. <laughs> Despite That's the a... fact I called him a pussy twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the choreographer, the, the, the fight choreographer. Yeah. So like that, this one's short and sweet. Yeah. So yes, this is uh, it's on YouTube, so you can watch the entire episode on YouTube. It's uh, season three. And it's yeah, it's called the last round. Yeah. So just punch in uh, season three, episode fifteen. Yes, and be aware, this was filmed before they planned for YouTube ads, so it's gonna cut off in very um, strange, <laughs> uh, poorly timed areas. So just be prepared. <laughs> All right. Now, I know that you, speaking of YouTube, you have a YouTube page. Why don't I you promote do. your YouTube page? Um, so my partner, Connor Farrell, and I have a, a company called Powder Keg Productions. We do sketch, improv, and short films. Um, we were doing film festivals and regular sketch shows um, before uh, COVID. But we're ramping back up, so come check us out on YouTube, Powder Keg Productions. Take a look at what we've done and keep an eye out for us, especially around the Houston area, because we're going to be doing sketch shows and having film festivals where people can submit their own short films. And you can see the stuff that we've put together for that. So, yeah, Powder Keg Productions. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for doing this, and we'll see everybody here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast. Thank you, Scott. All right. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash scottwhite and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. The German bomb, aimed presumably at the waterfront, struck the East End Arena about 12 o'clock. The newspapers called it good fortune that only five people were in a building that only a few hours before had held so many more. 
Four were killed. The promoter Collins survived to tell what happened. And thus the legend of Paddy Terhoon was once more revived. If you see Paddy, you die. But is that all it really was? I mean, a legend. Well, of the five men, the promoter Collins was the only one who didn't see Paddy. He was also the only one who didn't die. has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.